through 12. And as we come to God's word, let's pray. O Lord our God, we praise your great and holy name, for you are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you that you call us to love and trust you completely, that you mark us with these waters of baptism, which assure us of your promises fulfilled in Christ. Lord, we pray that as we read your holy word this morning, that you will confirm the promises that we have heard in the sacrament of baptism. We pray that you would give us the blessing of your Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts to everything that it is that you would have us see and hear and know and believe. Transform us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 7 through 12. The Apostle John writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. The word of the Lord. Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, the text before us this morning is one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. But at the same time, it is one of the most mysterious. In this little letter to his church in Ephesus, the Apostle John tells us that God is love. And that if we know love, we know God. Because God is love. We know what love is because God has loved us. We love because God loved us. This is the root of our knowledge of God, the foundation of Christian ethics. God is love. In his very being, in his very essence, God is love. And the search, the quest, for this love 
is the root of every human journey, the root of every human story. We are, all of us, concerned with the deeper questions of reality. Why are we here? What is our purpose? Why were we born? We are all looking for the place where we belong. And every story catalogs this quest for belonging, this quest for love. All the great epics, every romantic comedy, even tragedies and thrillers, every human story follows a main character or group of characters in their quest for the place where they belong. Their quest for their true purpose, for love. Tony Stark discovers that his weapons company is supplying terrorist operations and becomes Iron Man, and eventually an Avenger, defending the world he knows and loves. Luke Skywalker believes that there must be more to life than being a moisture farmer. And so he joins the rebellion to fight against the evil galactic empire. In the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of movies that played on the theme of not finding fulfillment in your work and finding it in relationship or in family instead. Mr. Mom, you've got mail, family man, Groundhog Day, and I could go on. These are stories of people searching to find their place in the world, thinking that there must be more to life than the reality that they live day to day, and discovering that this is true. Hollywood movies portray the fulfillment of this quest in various ways. The quest for love finds its answer in adventure, in patriotism, in heroism, in altruism, in family, in relationship. Even stories that end tragically, without a happy ending, still follow characters along this lifelong search for love, only to find that it is unobtainable for them. And for many people in the world, it's this second set of stories that characterizes their love. Looking for love in all the wrong places, in the words of Johnny Lee. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of. Dreaming of love. Longing for love. Searching for love, looking for love. This is the quest of the human heart. To find a place where we belong, a place where we are loved, a community. We are searching for a place where we are accepted for who we are, where we don't have to hide, where we can be honest and forthright. We all dream of finding that place where we can be totally, completely, and unconditionally loved. But the difficulty that Scripture sets up for us is that we are separated from the love of God by our own sin, by our own desire to do evil, to rebel against God, by our own choices. We are alienated from God and from one another. And we search for love in places where it cannot be found. We turn to work 
for fulfillment, or to adventure, or to travel, or sex, or drinking, or drugs, searching, hoping, dreaming for a way to fill the chasm of our loneliness, of our despair, of our sense that there must be something more to life than this. We are looking for love, for belonging, but so often our journey takes us farther and farther away from the source of that love. Our text today tells us that the source of that love is God. And in this series, during the season after Easter, we're exploring these various passages about the overflowing love of God. God is love, the apostle writes later in this chapter. If we know God, then we know love, and we love others. The Apostle John uses a unique term to refer to the members of his church. The Apostle Paul usually refers to his fellow Christians using the Greek word adelphoi, which means siblings, brothers and sisters. But the Apostle John, throughout his letter, refers to his fellow Christians as agape toy, which we translate as dear friends. But in the Greek, the root of that word is love. Those who are loved. Older translations, the King James translates it, beloved, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loveth is born of God and knoweth God. To the Apostle John, our very identity is found in this single thing. We are loved. This is what characterizes us as followers of Jesus Christ. We are, before anything else, loved by God. Dear friends, beloved. And this is the truth that is revealed to us in baptism. We are separated from God because of our sin. And because of that sin, because of our decision to follow the sinful cravings of our flesh, we cannot know God. Sin is darkness, but God is light. And darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. As sinful people, if we try to come to God by our own power, in his holiness, in his majesty, in his glory, we would be destroyed. Sin cannot exist in the presence of holiness. Darkness flees in the presence of the light. But in baptism, we are taught that we are transformed. In baptism, we are marked with the righteousness the holiness, the justice of Jesus Christ himself. The way the Bible talks about baptism is that we are made new. We are totally transformed. Our old self is dead. And instead, Christ lives in us. Through his life, death, and resurrection, we know what love is. Because God did not consider it beneath himself, 
to enter into our human condition, to live and die as a human person, so that he might take the debt of our sin on himself and pay it in full. In these waters, God's love overflows. The waters of forgiveness flow over our head and wash away our sins. The blood of the covenant marks us as God's own children, known and loved by him. This is how we know what love is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. By the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the debt of our sins is paid. By the power of his resurrection, we are transformed to new life. And because of that transformation, the Spirit of God lives inside of us and draws us ever nearer to the God who made us. In the waters of baptism, God's love overflows. In these waters, the promises of God to his people are extended to us. And we become a part of the family of God. A family bound together, united, and transformed by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In these waters, we are caught up in the overflowing river of God's love. In these waters, we are carried along by the promises of God. In these waters, we are swept up in the current of God's faithfulness. In these waters, we are refreshed and sustained and transformed by the overflowing love of God. In verse 12 of this chapter before us this morning, the apostle makes a strange statement. He says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is the great mystery of our faith, but it is also the good news. God is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. In our Wednesday night Dive into Doctrine classes, we've been walking through the Belgian Confession, this, this great, powerful, poetic defense of Reformed doctrine. And in the very first article of this confession, we hear that God is single, simple, spiritual, eternal, unchangeable, incomprehensible, wise, just, and completely good. And this is so different from the reality that we live day to day, which is multifaceted, complicated, material, temporal, ever-changing, and full of suffering and sadness. God is very different from us. God is beyond us. No one has ever seen God. But in the person of Jesus Christ, God entered in to our complicated, physical, temporal, changing reality. God lived a life as a human person, pouring out God's love into the world. The only begotten Son of God makes God known. 
Jesus reveals God's love to the world. And we are invited into that overflow of God's love. More, more than invited, we are swept up in it caught up in the tsunami of love that bends the history of the world back to God. No one has ever seen God, the apostle tells us. But in the person of Jesus Christ, God has revealed himself to us. And we are called to extend that same love that has been shown to us, to those around us. By our love, others come to know the overflowing love of God. With God's help, we pour out our love to others just as fully as it has been poured in to us. And this is something that constantly amazes me. Constantly amazes me. The way that your love overflows. Just this past week, we pastors received several letters and phone calls from people who were simply overwhelmed by the love that they were shown by this congregation. When we go on visits to families who are presenting children for baptism, we hear stories of meals and childcare and letters of support and encouragement. When we go on visits to those who have lost loved ones, We hear stories of people surrounded by a community that carries them through their grief. When we visit people in the hospital or people who are homebound, we hear stories of a family of believers that pours out the love of God, a place where people belong to a community that loves them and cares for them. When we talk to students coming back from school or families who have moved far away, we hear stories of phone calls and letters of encouragement and care packages that remind people that even in the midst of major life transitions, they are loved. We hear stories of people who are living through financial difficulty. And we hear stories of a church that embraces people in all walks of life, that freely gives to those who are in need without making them feel like a charity case. When we talk to our missionaries, we hear stories of answered prayer and support when they least expect it. Wherever we go, we hear stories of God's love overflowing through the work of his people. We love because we are loved. This is the truth of the Christian gospel. In Christ, God has revealed his love to us. By the power of his spirit, God empowers and equips us to pour out his love to those around us. In the waters of baptism, we are caught up in the streams of living water. In these waters, God's love overflows, flowing through the people he has chosen, into the world around us. A world which desperately needs God's grace. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God has loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, let us pray. O Lord our God, we thank you for your love, which overflows to us through word and sacrament. Lord, we pray that the waters of our baptism may carry us throughout our lives as we are swept along on the streams of your mercy. O Lord our God, we pray that you would strengthen us by your Holy Spirit so that all those around us may see the light of God reflected in our lives. Transform us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that when you return, we may be ready to enter into that blessed rest which you have prepared for us by your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.